This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. August 14th, 1962. Two Russian cosmonauts have landed back in the Soviet Union. But who cares? We've got a bigger story right here in San Francisco. Did you know that animals at the zoo are, well, they're starkers. They're naked. G. Clifford Prout Jr., the president of the Society for Indecency to Naked Animals, CINA, had toured the San Francisco Zoo and discovered a shocking amount of animal nudity there. The New York activist, who claims that his organization has 50,000 followers and a $400,000 endowment, says that animals should conduct themselves much like people if decency is to triumph over immorality in this world. He and his aides have designed bikinis for stallions, half-slips for cows, and knickers for bulldogs. He spent part of his day at the zoo trying to fit bloomers on the mules. He came away frustrated that he didn't have anything big enough to fit Lulu, the zoo's 279-pound baby elephant. Prout and Cinna first came to national prominence in 1959 with an appearance on the Today Show. Prout was kind of a nebbishy-looking guy wearing glasses. You know who he looked like? The comedian Buck Henry. Well, wait a minute. He was Buck Henry! The naked animal thing was a hoax, and it lasted five years. Buck Henry had had a few small parts in movies, and he was on TV a little bit, but he wasn't famous yet. He hadn't been in The Graduate, and he was more than a decade away from his many appearances on Saturday Night Live. The Chronicle, in the middle of a newspaper circulation war, devoted four days' worth of page one stories to G. Clifford Prout Jr.'s visit to San Francisco. The articles were written with a light touch, but they seemed to take Prout at his word. They treated him like an eccentric, but a real person. That's also what the coverage looked like over the years in Life magazine and the New York Times and Walter Cronkite's CBS Evening News. A year after his San Francisco visit, Prout led a protest at the White House, demanding that Jackie Kennedy put a diaper on her horse. A nude horse is a rude horse. That was the slogan. The whole thing lasted until 1964 when Henry finally came clean to Time magazine. He did that on the instructions of Alan Abel, the mastermind behind this and many other pranks. He was one of the greatest pranksters in American history. He wrote a book about the naked animal hoax in 1966. It was called The Great American Hoax. The Society for Indecency to Naked Animals was a high point, but Alan Abel had a million of them. Here he is in 1975, posing as Omar the Beggar, talking to a New York reporter about a course he was teaching in panhandling. I teach them, because you can't tell the truth. I mean, you go up to somebody and say, look, fella, can I have $20, because, you know, I've got to help pay the mortgage, and I need milk for the family, and I've got to get my clothes cleaned. I say, get out of here, you know. Abel once hired an actress to run for president as Yetta Bronstein, a Jewish grandmother from the Bronx, 
Her slogan was, vote for Yetta and things will get better. One of his pranks was on Phil Donahue. It was January of 1985. Donahue's talk show had just moved from Chicago to New York, and it was live in some markets. Abel, as a protest against sensationalist TV, planted several people in the audience, and every time Donahue and his trademark move would race up to one of them with the microphone so they could comment or ask a question on the topic, they'd faint dead away. And uh, I, oh, I'm feeling a little... Well, I know. I felt that way many uh, Hold on just a moment. We'll be back in just a moment. Donahue was reportedly so angry he was kicking furniture in the dressing room after the show. Our viewers are entitled to know that we have, uh, we have, we have, lost, uh, we have lost another one. But the thing is, the attention gave him a boost in the ratings. He ended up sending Abel a Christmas card that year. It said, I hope you don't feel faint in the new year. Five years before that, Abel hadn't just felt faint, he died. His obituary ran in the New York Times on January 2nd, 1980. He was at Robert Redford's Sundance Ski Resort in Utah when he had a heart attack. Except, you know this, no he didn't. It was a hoax. Like all of his hoaxes, it involved careful planning and a bunch of accomplices. But Abel quickly called this one off when he discovered that his bank had frozen all his accounts and he couldn't get any money. He never did have much money, even though supporters of his anti-animal nudity campaign would send him donations. He never accepted them, not wanting to be accused of fundraising under false pretenses. He said he once got a check for $40,000, and he fondled it for a while, but then he sent it back. Alan Abel died at the age of 94 last September. Really. 38 years after it ran its first obituary, the New York Times, treading carefully, ran another one. The headline read, Alan Abel, hoaxer extraordinaire is, parenthesis, on good authority, close parenthesis, dead at 94. When he called off the fake death hoax in 1980, he talked about one drawback of his chosen profession. He had no credibility. Now when I really die, he said, I'm afraid no one will believe it. Let your conscience be your guide. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.